Welcome to church, Easter Sunday 2020. And I got I to gotta say this right off. Uh, go ahead, cameras, look around. I, it's Easter Sunday and there's no one in the seat still. So uh, I can't wait to be with you all again. Um, but we're going to march on. I begin with a bold and a brash statement this morning. The physical bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead is either history's greatest hoax, history's greatest fraud and deception, or it's history's greatest miracle. And it's life-changing, and it's the life-altering event in all of history. It's either one or the other. Jesus really did arise from the dead, and that's the most powerful act in all of history, and all of us should believe in that most powerful act. Or, as Paul says, 1 Corinthians 15, 17, and if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, you're still in your sins. Translation, if Jesus stayed dead, then Christianity is dead and worthless, and useless. I don't think there's any middle ground here. I don't think I'm overstating it. Uh, the resurrection of Jesus Christ early on Sunday morning really is that huge. Romans chapter 1 and verse 4 tells us the resurrection of Jesus from the dead is the one act of Jesus Christ that declares Jesus to be the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity. The resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and the Christian faith either stands or falls on that fact, okay? The linchpin, the foundation, the root system of Christianity is built upon the literal, bodily, physical resurrection of Jesus Christ arising from the dead early on Sunday morning. The question that we're going to examine this morning is this. Can the key event of Christianity be proven beyond a reasonable doubt? Can the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, can that be proven beyond a reasonable doubt? I'd encourage you, locate a Bible, open it up to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and most of the time on Sunday we stand. I'd encourage you, if you're comfortable, stand with me. Might be time for a little stretch. I've invited Pastor Jason Ritchie, the campus pastor at the East Jordan location. He's going to come and read for us the first eight verses of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I know there's lots of families and lots of kids watching right now. And, and if you're someone and you're under the age of 10, I think Pastor Jason might be willing to read as if he were the Apostle Paul. Um, but you got to holler out, please, Jason. What, what, what do you want? Go ahead, go ahead. Holler it out, please, Jason. You got to get louder. Please, Jason. Here we go. Wait, wait. What, what did you just Whoa. do to me? <laughs> it worked. What it really worked? did work. He turned me into a newt. <laughs> or Paul, I guess. Well, we uh, asked you to come, and we want you to read 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 8. Because you, Apostle Paul impersonator, you, you were the one who was inspired to write these words down. So would you read them as the Apostle Paul would? In as much reverence as we can, 
Yes, please. For the word of God itself. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel, you are saved. If you hold firmly to the word I preach to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance. That Christ died for our sins. According to the scriptures. That he was buried. And that he raised on the third day according to the scriptures. And that he appeared to Cephas and to the twelve. And after that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time. Most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. And last of all, he appeared to me also as one abnormally born. Thank you, Paul. Well done. Well done. Would you lead us in prayer, Jason? I'd love to. Can you change me back? Sure. Wow, that was different. It was really great. I got better, fortunately. <laughs> um, yeah, let's, let's pray. Lord God, we pause in a very celebratory but serious day. And we thank you for the power that you unleashed on that morning 2,000 years ago when Jesus emerged from that tomb and came to life once again. And we thank you that you have the power to overcome anything that we're experiencing right here, right now in 2020. As we look into your word, would you continue to guide Jeff's words? And would you allow our hearts to receive what your Holy Spirit wants to speak to us? And to accomplish what the power of Jesus Christ, risen and alive and active today, can do on our behalf in these moments. And all God's people gathered in hundreds of locations all around northern Michigan and around the world said in one voice, amen. Amen. Thank you, Jason. Appreciate you leading us in prayer and uh, showing us how the Apostle Paul would have read that passage. So here's the question. Why on Easter Sunday 2020 does it matter if Jesus really did bodily, physically arise from the dead. Why does that matter? Because, Pastor Jeff, we're in lockdown right now. <laughs> uh, we're not supposed to leave the house. We're quarantined. We just found out at least till the end of April. We'll see then. So how does proving that the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, uh, how does that affect our life during this season of COVID pandemic? Why does it matter right now for us? Well, I'd offer three implications, and I think they're all three negative. Here we go. Uh, first, uh, if Jesus stayed dead, then just quit the praying, because if Jesus is dead, then he's not God, and he can't really do anything about our situation. Uh, he's either a weak little G God, if he stayed dead in the grave, and he's weaker than death, or Jesus was just a good moral teacher and an example, 
but he's not God with skin on the second person of the Trinity. Second negative implication, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then put your faith and your trust in medicine. Put your faith and your trust in really smart scientists and researchers and the government to take care of you. If Jesus never arose from the dead, um, then just put your trust in clever and smart human beings. Third implication, if Jesus Christ didn't defeat death, then his word, the Bible, can't be trusted either. Uh, Enough of the reading, enough of the posting, enough of the proclaiming of promises. If Jesus stayed dead, then his book, the Bible, is dead as well. So that's strong. It really matters today whether Jesus arose from the dead or not. Uh, whether, whether he really defeated sin and Satan and death, or if death was too strong, that really matters. makes all the difference in the world when life gets crazy and you can't go to work or you can't come and be with church family on Easter Sunday morning or you're worried that someone you love or maybe even for yourself that you might catch uh, the virus and get sick and die. This resurrection of Jesus from the dead is make it or break it stuff for all of us. It really does matter. If he's alive and awesome and ruling over all creation, if he has a plan and a purpose and he's never going to fail us, that's on one side. And on the other is the sky is falling. Death's at our doorstep. We're all on our own. We're just products of chance and a big bang. It's really one the other. So here we go. What's the case for the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead early on Sunday morning? What are the facts we're going to look at? What's the proof? Where's the evidence? So I want to offer you four pieces of evidence or four facts or proofs that demonstrate that Jesus really did arise from the dead early Sunday morning. Fact number one, that Jesus arose from the dead. First, the gospel, what's that? The fact that Jesus died on the cross, shed his blood for mankind's greatest problem, we're sinners. Uh, They put him in the grave, they buried him, and early on Sunday morning arose from the dead. That's found in 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 8. That's what Pastor Jason just read. Um, What's important about that? 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 8. Almost all historians, and I find this very interesting, even skeptical, agnostic scholars recognize 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 8 is one of the earliest confessions. Matter of fact, uh, many of the historians can date it back to even a year after the events on the cross. Okay? Now, let me explain. Historians are obsessed with how long of a period elapsed between the event and the time that it was written down. Track with me here. Okay? The longer the gap, the more memories fade and embellishments grow. And there are some key events in history. There are hundreds of years between the event and when it was written down, the historical account. Okay? Most historians, 
even non-believing historians acknowledge, 1 Corinthians 15, 1-8, is early and reliable, and it was written just after the events occurred. Okay? Uh, maybe even as much as just within a year of the cross. Historically, that's as good as it gets. There are no other examples that are even close. So here's the point. Easter 2020, we need words that are reliable, that are trustworthy. We need words that we know are historical facts and verifiable. And 1 Corinthians 15, 1-8 is as good as you're going to find in history. Second piece of evidence that Jesus arose from the dead. It says that Jesus was seen and touched and even ate with over 500 eyewitnesses. I'm reading from 1 Corinthians 15, beginning with verse 5. And, and then Jesus appeared to Cephas, and then to the twelve, verse 6. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and the sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, and then the apostles, and last of all, to me. That's Paul talking to one abnormally born into the family. Okay? Second piece of key witness of, of evidence, of proof, is that Jesus was seen and touched and ate with over 500 eyewitnesses. Now, think with me of this. If you brought those 500 eyewitnesses into a courtroom and you swore them all in and they held up their right hand and said, do you solemnly swear that, what you, that you will tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God? And all 500 of them say, yes, I do. Okay? Now, if 500 of them, one after the other after the other, let's say they just take six minutes to tell their story of, of seeing and touching and being with the resurrected Christ. Think with me now, 500, six minutes each, we're talking 3,000 minutes of testimony, one right after the other after the other. So, so literally, 3,000 minutes is 50 hours, 500 people, one after the other after the other, telling us, you know what, I, I was there with him, and I saw him, and I touched him, and, and I ate with him. 500 witnesses, 3,000 minutes, that's two days around the clock, two 24-hour days plus two more days of eyewitnesses. Go, and, and he says right there in the passage, you can go talk to them. Most of them are still living. 50 hours of eyewitness testimony, that's the kind of proof that we need to believe and trust when the bottom drops out of life. That, that's, that's the kind of evidence that you need during times like this. The third fact that proves that Jesus arose from the dead has to do with the behavior of the disciples. Uh, when Jesus was arrested and crucified, Peter denied famously that he even knew Jesus three times. Uh, Judas has already gone and hung himself. But the other ones, Peter and, and the other disciples, they're all in hiding. They've scattered. They're, they're not hanging around the cross. Uh, they are hiding. They are in fear for their life. And when Jesus encounters Thomas, a week later, they're still in hiding. 
They're behaving like cowards. So we see that behavior, but here's the contrast. Fifty days later, those same doubting, fearful disciples suddenly now are bold and courageous. Uh, They're willing to be beaten. They're willing to be jailed. They're willing to be tortured and even killed. They don't care. So here's the question. What happened? Acts 4 and 5, the authorities couldn't get Peter and John to shut up. And now suddenly they're bold and they're strong. What happened to them? It was the resurrection of Jesus. They, they were afraid because their leader, Jesus, was dead. They thought they were gone. They thought their, their, their belief was in vain. But now they know that Jesus had defeated death. They know that Jesus was the risen Savior, and they would spend the rest of their lives proclaiming Jesus was the Messiah. Jesus was the resurrected, crucified, and now living King. They would spend the rest of their lives proclaiming that to everybody. He he was crucified for their sin, risen from the dead, and they knew that, and they touched him, and they spent time with him. Here's here's my point. The apostles were willing to die for something that they'd seen with their own eyes. And what did they see? They saw the living Jesus. And history tells us that all of them died gruesome deaths for the message that they were bold and courageous with. All except for John and John the apostle, the writer of the book of Revelation, uh, he was boiled in oil and imprisoned on the island of Patmos. Again, they were strong, they were bold, they couldn't be stopped. But you're thinking, well, well, people today, I know some people who are willing to martyr themselves. I know people who are willing to commit suicide in the name of religion. Um, what's the difference? Track with me. These were people who were willing to die for something they knew. People today who who do religious acts that include suicide and under the name of religion, they've been taught something, but they didn't know it. They, They weren't there firsthand. These disciples were their eyewitnesses, and they weren't going to die for a lie, but they were bold and courageous and, and whatever it took, whether, whether, they, whether they were imprisoned or beaten or even killed, they were bold with this message. Easter 2020, we need something to live by that holds up even when the worst happens. You understand? We need something like this resurrection like it did for the disciples. We need that, that, that proof to know that this gospel can live even, even if we die, this gospel holds up. That's, that's the proof. We, we know that it changed the disciples. Fourth and final piece of evidence. Proof that resurrection of Jesus from the dead is historical and factual and believable is this. Without the physical resurrection of Jesus from the dead, how do you explain the last 2,000 years of history. Think with me now. You have this small, insignificant band of fishermen. 
uh, and with a tax collector and a zealot, and they're from this obscure, faraway place from Rome, the seat of power, and their primary message was that a crucified carpenter from this remote village had triumphed over death. And that was their message. So here's the question, how did this message of the death, the shed blood, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, how did that message spread so powerfully? How did it, how did it cross cultural, political, religious, geographic borders in, in the amazing way that it did? How on earth did the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, how on earth did that become the most significant event in all of history? How did that happen? <laughs> Nothing in history comes close to the effect of the events of 1 Corinthians 15, 1-8. Nothing. Think of all the other events. Nothing. Everything else pales in comparison that the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ has had its impact on history. I love this quote. I've used it before. I'll probably use it again. Uh, scholar J.P. Moreland says this, if you were a Martian, okay, and you're looking down on the first century, would you think that Christianity or the Roman Empire would survive? The mighty, most powerful uh, empire in all of history. Which is going to survive, Christianity or the Roman Empire? Uh, would you put your money on a ragtag group of people? Primary message, this, this crucified carpenter from this little village in the middle of nowhere has triumphed over death? Or, or would you put your money on the mighty Roman Empire? And, and yet today, we name our children Peter and and John and Paul after the apostles, and we name our dogs Caesar and Nero. I, I think that's funny because it's true because clearly it's the resurrection of Christ that's impacted this world in powerful ways. The most powerful event, I would argue, the most significant event in all of history, April 12, 2020. It's comforting to know that the message that Jesus is alive and victorious has brought joy and peace and strength all down through the last 2,000 years. So, so all through church history, people have looked at this message and it, it, it's brought them strength and brought them joy and comfort. Um, I'm afraid of what's going on right now. Good news. Jesus is alive. I'm confused about what's going to happen next. Jesus is alive and victorious over death. Um, I'm worried about getting sick or someone I love is going to get sick. I've got good news. Jesus died, but then he conquered death. I'm not sure if my finances are going to make it. I'm not sure about my job situation. What if I can't pay my rent? What if I can't um, have internet any longer? What's going to happen? Guess what? Are you ready? Jesus is alive, and he's in control of the mess. So, what does the resurrection of Jesus Christ bring to those 
who right now are following Christ, who are believing in the message of 1 Corinthians 15. So I, I want to talk to you first. If you're listening and you've said yes to Jesus and He's changed you from the inside out, what, what does this message mean to you? Uh, Ephesians 1, 19 and 20. In Christ's incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of His mighty strength, which He exerted in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated him at his right hand. Incomparable great power for those of us who believe in this message. Romans 8.11 And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of the spirit who lives in you. The greatest demonstration of power in all of history was when Jesus came out of that tomb alive, defeated sin and Satan and death, and he's alive, okay? So today I want you to know, here's the great news, Jesus is alive and he lives, he resides in the lives of all who believe in him and receive him by faith. So follower of Jesus... Here's the great news. Jesus is right here with you. He's right here with me. Never forget, he's that good shepherd. And when the days are good and great and you're on the mountaintop, Jesus is with you. But he's also there when you're in the valley. When we're facing the hard times. When the bottom drops out of life. Uh, when we walk through the valley of the shadow of COVID corona. Uh, no need to fear. Why not? Because the resurrected Jesus Christ lives right here. We need to remember that every day. And, and when fear and confusion and worry and anxiety come upon you, you, you can go back. You know what? Jesus, I, you're right here with me and I need you right now. The resurrected King is with us. <laughs> that, his presence melts away fear melts away worry and confusion. And finally, if you're here and you're listening and you've not opened the door of your life to the resurrected Jesus, you really have a choice right now. If, if you're listening, um, your choice is this. You can trust in science and doctors and the government and your own wits to keep yourself safe, okay? So you can put your trust and your faith in, in doctors and science and government and yourself, and, and that's where your trust will be in. And, and, and you'll give yourself to other smart, clever human beings, or you can trust the resurrected Jesus. Or, or you can believe the solid evidence that we've just talked about, that Jesus really de did defeat sin and Satan, and death when he arose from the dead early on that very first Easter morning. You need to know this as we close. Right now, I believe Jesus is knocking at the door of your life. If you're still watching right now and you've never said yes to Jesus, here's, here's what, he, he is a gentleman. He won't knock the door down, but right now he's knocking and he's patiently waiting for you to open the door to your life and invite him in.
That's your choice. Will you open the door to your life even right now? Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for the solid evidence that is beyond a reasonable doubt that you did indeed arise from the dead. And Lord, as risen King and Sovereign, we know that your incomparable power is available to each and every one of us. So I pray for those who know your Son. Lord, help us to constantly remind ourselves, you're right here with us. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead, your presence, your power is right here, living, residing in us. And help us, Lord, to take advantage and and remind ourselves and speak out loud, oh yeah, Jesus, you're right here with me. You'll never leave me. You'll never forsake me. We praise you for that. And finally, Lord, I want to pray for those who've never opened the door of their life to your son, Jesus. And there very well might be several right now who are still watching, and right now you're knocking. And I pray that you might soften hearts and minds and wills. And Lord, might they right now be willing to open up the door to their life and let 1 Corinthians 15, those facts, become their facts. Might they even right now say, Jesus, I need you to be my good shepherd. Uh, I, I need you to walk through this really frightening time in life right now with me. So right where you're at, here, here's the truth. Jesus is alive. The proof, the evidence is strong. Would you just say, you can either say it out loud or just, just say it in your mind, Jesus, I believe you took my place on that Roman cross. Jesus, I believe that you shed your blood for my sin problem. And Jesus, I believe you were dead and they laid you in a tomb. And Lord, I'm grateful that you didn't stay dead. I believe, Jesus, early Sunday morning, victoriously, you arose from the dead. You defeated sin and Satan and death. And right now, Jesus, I invite you to take up residence in my life. I believe those gospel facts and I receive you as my resurrected king. Be my good shepherd. Be my savior. Lord, I choose to trust in you. I need you. I invite you in. <laughs> and Here's what you need to know. If you prayed to receive Jesus just now, we'd love to help you get started on that journey. Walloonchurch.com, we'll put it down here. Uh, if you'll let us know, we'll get you a Bible. We'll send you some good instructions to get you off to a good start with Jesus. Um, church family, uh, I believe Jesus is exercising our faith muscles right now. He's, uh, he's working us out. Stay on your knees. Stay in God's Word. Pump up the music that glorifies King Jesus. We're posting for you every single day. Be strong in the Lord. Say it one last time, can't wait till we can be back with you again in person. Love each and every one of you. Lord bless you.